Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This episode is brought to you by patreon.com slash sbfvgs. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 117. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Mike, the platinum paleontologist, Lopez. Oh, dinosaur stuff? M- Mike, did yeah. you change professions? Dinosaurs. Dino, Dino DNA. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> they got stuck in the sap. <laughs> Uh, he's digging up those trophies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Digging up those plats. Oh. And the other voice you're hearing is David the Scythian Tate. The, the what Ian? The Scythian. I don't know what this means. From from Super oh! Brothers, Sword and Sorcery, as we all know. Oh, that is a reference to the fact that we have Jim Guthrie on our podcast in yes, just a couple yes, minutes indeed later on in the show we are very honored to be welcoming super guest friend jim guthrie man it's a fantastic conversation we already recorded it in the past you guys mm-hmm. there's going to be some witch magic but you're going to and you're going to hear it after this part yes so and it's very good and so good stick a, around yeah for fantastic it. fantastic interviews well, with jim and yeah. we thank him for being here um but before we get to that the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the Whoa. table to discuss one burning topic from the world of gaming. That was intense. What are you gentlemen playing at? Me. Me? Me? Go for it. Okay. Go for it. Uh, I've been playing that Division 2. Yeah. Oh, it just came new. out. What, what do you think? What do you think of this game? So here's the thing. I went right from playing Anthem and I beat Anthem. Mm-hmm. And I uninstalled Anthem and installed Division 2. That's how that worked. Um, not not dissing on Anthem. We can talk about that in a second. But right now I'm talking about yeah. Division 2. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It's cool. So I haven't played with anyone else yet. I've just been playing by myself. But uh, there's just like this giant Ubisoft map with lots of things to do. Um, lots of fun little side missions. The, the world itself is fun. And like it, it feels full like uh in uh in the division one one thing i noticed is like new york city was very well rendered like down to the streets like they skipped streets here and there but for the Mm -hmm. most part it was a pretty large section of midtown it like it felt pretty stripped down and there was there Mm -hmm. weren't a lot of people on the streets you know it was just kind of like it almost kind of felt like like a still life of new york city 
Sure. That you could just like walk through um, with mm-hmm. like frozen holograms that you would eventually see stories in and stuff. And this world in, in Washington, D.C., it feels more lived in that you have like groups of bad guys just randomly in the streets. Uh, you have groups of friendlies that are sometimes in battles with bad guys that you just kind of walk up on. And I think it's random. I, I haven't figured out if there's like a rhyme or reason to it yet. Um, and it's just really cool. And like I'm finding like cell phones that are ringing out in the field and I pick them up and I hear like dialogue uh, that was recorded or I found some holograms um, like in the first game where there's like little vignettes that play out. Um, But it just overall, it just the map is really big and it just feels like there's just so much to do. That's Um, awesome. And it's it's fun. And like, you know, the story's still kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, I'm a sleeper agent that has free reign to do whatever. And did you have a gun? I had a gun or whatever. Like you like, it's just a weird, like it's like heavy handed, but then like all the cutscenes, you have a silent protagonist. So they just kind of like smirk throughout the entire cutscene and don't say anything. So it's just, it's <laughs> smirking their way through the apocalypse. Yeah, it's, you know not, what I'm it's not realistic at all, but, it, all right. but then it kind of is. And it's just, it's, it's, the tone is weird, but the game is fun. Yeah. So uh, I'm liking it. Uh, I hear the end game is good. I haven't gotten there yet, obviously. But um, but yeah, it's it's fun. But let's now go back to the last open world shooter I was just playing um, mm-hmm. known as Anthem. Yes. Now, now yeah, I w- I'm interested to hear the comparison because, of course, they're very directly com- competing with each yeah, other. Yeah, they're like a, sure. they're, they're both, you know, games as a service. Uh, they want to take over your life and that is your life yeah. now this is this is my life now you know <laughs> that's like destiny 2 is still really good at that i have a bunch of friends that are still like yeah. super sucked in uh like friend of the show joe king he's he's playing every weekend you know like that's that's his weekend um yeah so <laughs> i'm trying so hard not to be mean i i said this on the last episode too like <laughs> It's all right. I, I, we want to know your honest yeah. thoughts and opinions. So I love Bioware. I don't want anything bad to happen to Bioware. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want them. I want them to survive and make me more Mass Effect games. Yeah, I, I would. And Dragon Age. I wouldn't be upset if they didn't keep working on Anthem. Um, yeah, I played through the whole campaign. I'm ready to give it a, a pizza rating. Um, okay, and I'm gonna rate it three out of five pizzas. That's not uh, bad. okay. Because the gameplay is good. Maybe 2.5. Actually, I'm going to make it 2.5. Half. Uh, Getting a little rougher. It's a little rougher. rougher. The gameplay is fun. Okay. Um, Flying around in those giant robots, really fun. Um, Robots? Yeah, and those those giant robots that you're flying around in, it's it's really cool. Um, But the world itself feels pretty dead. Um, Mm. Not a whole lot going on in there. Every mission is like a mix and match of like four or five different things that you can do. Like one of them is you stand on a platform and wait for uh, a, a meter to fill up. And then that's done with you're just shooting enemies the whole time that meter's filling up. Another one is like collect a bunch of things and bring them to one location. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you finish that objective. Um, yeah. Another one is kill the boss. Uh, and so you got mm-hmm. like these these five different things that you do in each encounter and like each each mission is like three or four of those different encounters stringed back to back 
And then that's yeah. a mission. And only a couple missions in the game broke away from that particular mold. Um, the opening hmm. mission, the last mission, and there's like a, there's like one or two other missions in the middle that kind of do unique new things. Um, and also, there are actually two strongholds I never played. Um, strongholds are like the um, if you played Destiny, they're called um, um, strikes in Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in Anthem, they call them strongholds. Throughout the entire campaign, you only unlock one of them. So you can do that oh, one oh, over wow. and over again if you want. But then after you beat the game, two more unlock. But there are also okay. story missions that you've played in the game, too. Yeah. Um, so I technically I have played the strongholds. I just haven't played them as strongholds. Um, but anyway, all that to say, the story of Anthem, I don't know what happened. I don't really know. I played the whole game. I don't really know. I don't really know what happened. Like, yeah, I was told a bunch of things that happened in the past. Um, didn't see them necessarily. I saw like a cutscene that showed what happened in the past, but I had nothing to do with it. So I was like, OK, what does that have to do? And like there was a bad guy that didn't do a whole lot. You know, there was like a, there are other characters that did things. Just, uh, and I just did backstory. Yeah, the game. It was it was weird. It was it was just why it didn't live up to a Bioware story. Yeah. To me. Sure. Um, but I will say one positive thing it did do is make me really want to reinstall Mass Effect and finish my playthrough <laughs> yeah. of those games. So nice. I might do that. And I was streaming Mass Effect 2 and then I just kind of stopped. So maybe I'll yeah. pe- maybe I'll pick that up again. I don't know. We'll you see. should pick it up as if no time at all has passed and just be <laughs> right. like, all right, stream. I, I look different, though, than I did on those <laughs> yeah, last streams. So like 60 yeah. pounds different. So in a good way, <laughs> less. But um <laughs> in a good way bigger yeah bigger who bigger, <laughs> bigger is better, is better. yeah what in the world adam we're psychic we're linking. Up tonight yeah. <laughs> anyway anthem 2.5 so out of 5 I, pizzas yeah i i think now this is just a hunch i'm not a game developer yeah i, I think making these kinds of games is hard yeah, <laughs> you think so. so, right? Because you, I mean, look at Bungie. It took Bungie um, like seven, seven, no, four and a half years to get Destiny yeah. to a place where everyone's happy, or not everyone, yeah, but I the mean, people playing it are the happy. First, the first Division game had a lot of criticism for being too empty. Yeah, um, you know, there. It, I just, I think there's probably such a steep learning curve for making this kind of game work. That almost nobody gets it right the first time. Yeah. And every, and it yeah. takes time to evolve. Yeah, it. all so, of these games take time to be good. Yeah. Um and I that's yeah. my hunch. I think it's tough. I think it's harder than we may think yeah, <laughs> to so make one of these and make it good. Who knows how many people helped Bioware make Anthem, but I do know like five different developers helped Massive make was it Massive? Uh who made the division two? Is it I believe it's Massive. Um, I can't remember. Developer <laughs> division. The part two. of the show where we go. Yeah, it is. It's things. massive. Um, it's massive. But then, <laughs> the, yes, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> there, there are other developers. There were like five other developers that are listed in the opening. Uh, oh, Red Storm Entertainment, Ubisoft, Annecy, Ubisoft, Bucharest, Ubisoft Reflections, Ubisoft, Learnington, Ubisoft, Shanghai, and Ubisoft, Sofia, wherever those are. 
Um, games are getting more and more like movies. Like when you watch the credits of like yeah. a Marvel movie, how there's like 45 different yeah, visual exactly. effects studios listed that is, at the end. That is right. That is correct. Um, but that's that's <laughs> kind of been their MO for like the Assassin's Creed franchise, right? Where there's like yeah. Yeah. 100 studios working on each one of those in order yeah. to make something that big happen in that kind of time frame. Right. Yeah. But all, as far as we know with Anthem, they're just saying Bioware. So I don't know if they it's, got support. I think it's all three bioware studios though okay all right that makes sense uh anyway all that to say anthem could be a great game someday but it's not yeah. it's not right now for sure so okay so yeah, yeah i'm, I'm kind of holding off on anthem we'll see i if if people start if it comes around and, and i start hearing oh the game's awesome now like you know when you started here after taking king came out on destiny yeah right? yep. um like oh it's great now it's what it's what it always should have been then maybe i'll jump in then yeah i feel like if everyone started playing destiny one after the taken king came out there would be no like oh i don't like destiny that's not my no kind of game yeah yeah right so yeah uh so anyway right. anthem and then uh also i have played a bit of apex legends of course as mm, as i times. as i must um because yes, i have to be playing one battle royale game at any given time uh, <laughs> and i feel like there's one more but i can't remember what it is right now uh what is it called the 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 beginner's guide is that what it's called oh yeah yeah the beginner's guide recommended by nick sutner on his second on his last appearance not the one he was mm-hmm. just on but the one before that the previous yeah, yeah, yeah developed yeah. by the it's uh, from the, the stanley parable the stanley dude. parable dude um yeah i did not know what to expect with that game <laughs> okay. it is what, what were your thoughts did you finish it yeah or i beat the whole started? it was like a short it's like a two-hour game it's it's really good yeah if you have steam go just go download it and play it in two out of two hour sitting it's like it's fascinating yeah, i definitely want to i don't want to yeah. spoil anything but um this guy's a really good I don't want to. How do I say it? the guy <laughs> good, who made game, the game good? The game, game good. The game good. The guy who <laughs> made the game is a very good writer. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. He's he's a good so, communicator. If you had to give it a pizza rating, oh oh, it's five out of five pizzas. It's oh, wow. it's really good. It's right, it's. I'll check it out. I'm excited. I, I, plus, it has what it has going for me is I like really short games because I feel yeah. like. I feel like they're respecting my time in a weird way. I feel accomplished yeah. when I beat them too. Yeah. I'm like, I beat a whole game today. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> short and it's interesting. And there's insights on game development, um, insights on psychology, um, mm. and you know, self exploration. And it's, it's very, mm-hmm. it's a very interesting game. Uh, it, it awesome. breaks the fourth wall constantly. So it's, it's really fun. <laughs> Uh, so cool. yeah, that's it. That's All what right. I've been playing, and I took a thousand years on that. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Uh, I finished up Guacamelee too, um, All right. which was All right. absolutely incredible. Um, Drinkbox Studios, man, they always head out of the park. It's yes, such a fun game. Um, I did get the platinum. That's my 45th platinum, I think. Goodness oh my gracious! So yeah, uh, can't recommend that game enough. If you haven't picked it up already, go get it. Super yeah, I've been I've been playing through it with uh, with my son. We are, I would say, maybe like eighty or ninety percent done with the story. Okay, yep. Uh, but we've been kind of taking every little detour because we're having so much fun. We we yeah. we kind of stopped plowing through the story and started like getting every chest. So yeah. <laughs> it's just such a fun game. Yeah, the content so. for the game is is really really good. 
I I really love how they expanded greatly on the Poyo powers. Yeah, There's so yeah. so many new chicken uh, chicken moves, mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> I don't know what any of this uh, means. Fantastic so far, but yeah, we're I'll probably have a verdict uh, next time. But did you say f- what did you five, rate it? five out of five tacos? Yeah, absolutely. Five out of five tacos. My yeah. goodness, my gosh. The, so, your rating uh, system seems to work the best for uh, like guac the guacamole games. You know, <laughs> it's totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, a, a good a good way to stress how good that game is is after you beat it, it, it unlocks hard mode, and you have to beat mm-hmm. hard mode in order to get the platinum. So, oh, um, so you beat so you it just twice, beat so the whole thing again, <laughs> back and back to back. Like I finished it, yeah. and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna start right over and play the whole thing again." That's awesome. Yeah, I can't gush enough about how funny the writing is in that game. It's really um, it's fantastic. There's. <laughs> There's a part that, and I, I messaged uh, Nick Sutner after I hit this part in the game, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, man, <laughs> tell me you wrote this. Did you, I was like, did you write this? Because I laughed for like a solid three minutes, like after I got to this part. Yeah, and he he was like, oh, I don't think I wrote that, but hey, it was it's it was a good gag. So <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Uh, the yeah. Street but Fighter yeah. gags in that are some of my favorite <laughs> scenes Street in that Fighter. game. Without oh my anything. gosh. Yeah, no spoilers, but the Street Fighter reference, fantastic. <laughs> it's very good. So, um, so yeah, I, I played that. It was fantastic. And then um, what else did I play? I played a little bit Apex. Actually, Dave and I uh, Oh, played yeah, that we won, right? Did, super yeah, guest friend, Our Ashley. last game yeah. of the night. Last game of the night, we, uh, we won. Awesome. And yep. uh, it was wonderful. I need you guys to carry me to a victory in Apex. Adam, you need to play <laughs> video games during human hours, and I will happily do that for you. <laughs> Human hours on the West Coast time right. zone. Those are not, still not human hours. <laughs> and then uh, I've I've just started the witness, but I haven't played enough to really talk about it too much. Okay, uh, okay. you have I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're playing the witness. I hope it gets all. I hope it gets into your dreams the way it got into mine. <laughs> Mike, I think the correct way to phrase that would have been, "I haven't witnessed enough of the witness." Yet uh, I get oh, it. See, yeah. dirty dog. See, see what it did. You just, you just do <laughs> that. Right. Is there anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. So, of course, I've been playing Guacamole Two. Almost done with that. Love and life. Um, also playing a fair bit of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on oh. the Switch. Um, that is, I, I actually after, I think I talked about this on the show recently, but my my son. And I, we played it and we played it and we played it. And basically just, I finally hammered that game into myself and now I enjoy it. So <laughs> it, took, it took me like 15 years and like buying four different versions of that game <laughs> before I finally started liking it. That's but, amazing. You know, it, you know, it can happen for you too, folks. It could. Uh, Adam, help me, help me remember. Do you have a main character? Who's your favorite? Sheik. Sheik. That's right. Cool. Do you have yeah. any like secondaries that you like when you feel like mixing it up? Do you switch to anyone else or are you just chic all the time? Um, I'm chic all the time because I'm not good enough at the game to switch <laughs> characters. <laughs> okay. All right. But if I was going to switch, I might go. I probably would go with like, I mean, every once in a while I'll switch it up and I'll, I'll grab Samus or something. Okay. So I think we need to move on yes. to. Uh, yeah. All right, now, Adam, we have a very lengthy interview coming up, so we need you to rein in your your. I'm doing your ambitious. I'm just gonna do. News. Yeah, I'm just gonna do the top twenty stories. That's all. Because <laughs> I know we got to get to this in, interview, and then we just spent like twenty five minutes going over. I know. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah, so we do have a fantastic interview with Mr. Jim Guthrie coming up, so I will keep it short and sweet. There were all these rumors flying around that Sony might be acquiring Take-Two, the Grand Theft Auto publisher, um, of course, and uh, that has now been quashed, that rumor. Yeah, so, so it could be yeah. them. It, Adam, you were saying, or who was saying this? It could be them like trying to... like dive the stocks of take two down so they can make a lower offer when they f- actually purchase them. Oh, that'd be dirty. It would that be would dirty. Be real dirty. <laughs> but it might work. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that was an interesting rumor for a second there. People were speculating like, Oh my gosh, could grand theft auto six be a PS five exclusive? You know, all these kinds of things that would be insane. Such a huge, I mean, it would be like when, when GTA three was a, a PS two exclusive for a couple of years there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy times, but, uh, moving along X cloud streaming service has been shown off. This was, uh, back on Tuesday, the 12th of March, uh, Xbox revealed kind of, uh, their plans and some of the tech behind, uh, the Azure cloud X cloud game streaming service, which is, uh, just about a week before Google's big future of gaming event. Yeah. Um, Everyone's getting in on the streaming thing. I still think our current infrastructure is not fast enough for this, but mm-hmm. you know, everyone, yeah, it really depends on where you are. It depends right? on and where what, you are. And, and it depends on what kind of frame rate you want to be playing at. If you, if you want to play at 30 frames per second, 1080p, our infrastructure is okay for that now. But if you want to play anything higher than 1080p and anything higher than 30 frames per second, it's yeah. you're not going to have a fun time. It's not really feasible at this point, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the cool thing about this is that Microsoft was saying this is not an attempt to phase out consoles, right? This is this is a supplementary thing. This will allow you to, you know, if you have the if you say you're at, you know, you're at your in-laws house for the weekend, everyone's asleep, you pull out your phone, you pull out an Xbox controller, you can stream your your Forza 5 or whatever, you yeah, know. So That's cool. Um, you know, I think that's a cool option. I mean, I've been doing it for the last few years yeah. just P, uh just you know, remote playing my PS4 and I've loved it. So, that's, I mean, that's I, what that's I was going to say. I really like yeah. how Sony does this where they just are like if you have the game and you have a PS4, it's just coming to you from your PS4. That's cool to me. Right. Um mm-hmm. And yeah. Steam actually just announced uh, as of today's yeah. recording that they're going to let you stream games from your PC at home to like, well, right now it's your Steam link and uh, your mobile device, um, only Android right now. Um, yeah. But like, that's cool. Like that's that's the kind of streaming I'm interested in. I don't have to buy. I don't have to have a separate cloud gaming service. You know, like it's my copy of right. the game. It's just coming to me over my Internet. And I know there are limitations to that. Like um, it will never be as fast as like Google's cloud service or, 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 or Microsoft's, but um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it better. I like the idea better than like just subscribing to games. I don't want to subscribe mm-hmm. to all my games. You know what I mean? I want to own some yeah. games. Does that make sense? Right. Right. So I hope it never Definitely. replaces owning games and and this is why owning the copies digitally is so awesome because when you remote play in you can just you have your whole library there yeah. as opposed to like oh dang i wish someone was there to put in the red dead disc. <laughs> well see now here's <laughs> you know? here's the thing though we're getting into a gray area and i probably shouldn't even bring this up since we have such limited time but i'm gonna do it anyway because yolo <laughs> am i right guys yolo do kids still say I, that i think okay maybe i hope so but uh <laughs> um but now 
buying games digitally, we're getting into that whole, do you actually own that game or are you just purchasing a license for it? Because at any given time, Sony could shut down its PlayStation 4 store and I can't like PT, for example, is a they yeah. we had that game and now we don't have that game. Um, so true. So anyway, oh, yeah. we're, we're getting into a weird area where physical media is becoming less prominent and we're not really owning things. We're just kind of buying licenses for them. And it's, uh, I don't know how I feel yeah. about it. It's weird. Yeah. So that story of course came courtesy of know it, man, one of our top news, one of our top news, say number one, top newsman, this week, ultimate this, kills. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, ultimate kills. Top newsman says, Days Gone is changing minds for the better. Oh, now this the embargo lifted last week uh, on and preview stuff. Uh, the Days Gone preview uh, coverage. They there was a preview event that a lot of industry folks went to. They got to play about five hours of the game. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do whatever they wanted, go in any direction. Um, so a lot of people came away from that very impressed, which is really cool. I've been I've been kind of I've been optimistic about this game, even though I think I think a lot of people were. Uh, very cautiously optimistic at best on this one. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe hating on it at, at worst. That's the, yeah, that's um, kind of how I've been is cautiously optimistic. I haven't played it obviously, yeah. but the stuff I've seen looks okay. It doesn't look like the most mind blowing yeah. thing I've ever seen, but it looks, it looks all right. Yeah. So, I mean, Mr. Greg Miller of kind of funny games came away and, and said, quote, it is a hell of a game. Hey, language. I know. <laughs> That, that was him speaking, not me. Oh, okay. A quote. I see. It doesn't count. Gotcha. But, <laughs> but yeah, so that is, uh, that's pretty high praise. I mean, yeah. that's, he said it, it kind of scratched that uh, Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, big open world, tons of stuff to do, you know, a lot going on, uh, kind of check boxes. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested in that game. From what I've seen, it looks cool. I mean, uh, I think what a lot of people were coming away from the preview events saying was that uh, uh, the story actually is super strong in the first, you know, few hours. That's good. And it's it's supposed to be about a 30-hour campaign if you mainlined it um, with, like, I think they said 20% of that is cutscenes. So it's, it's story-heavy. Yeah. It is a story-heavy game. Well, they like, hired that's, an, a like, Hollywood actor. Um, what's that guy's name? Sam Whitworth. Sam, yeah, Sam Whitworth. He's actually the voice of uh, Darth Maul nowadays. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, he's also been in movies like The Fog. Uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's 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 a good actor. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about how he he's done an amazing job. All the performances are really good. So I'm 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 really curious to see uh, what the response is like uh, next month when that comes out. Nice. But anyway, moving along, I think the last thing I wanted to touch on was something we kind of already mentioned, but um, I don't think we called out specifically um, iOS remote play. Yes. Thoughts, feelings, uh, it excitement. It works pretty well. It works pretty well. I haven't tried it on my iPad. Yeah. I, now, the one thing I haven't tried yet is trying to pair a PS4 controller to my iPad. I don't think you can. There's got to be a way. Got to be. I, I, I mean, maybe maybe you have to like uh, jailbreak it to do it. I don't know. Yeah, you might. I, I, <laughs> but that would be that would be very nice if if I could just prop up the iPad Pro. And then just, you know, that's like, that's the size of a TV or a laptop screen almost. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. I, that's I'd, I'd have to Google things and, and we've already done that once this show. So we're tapped out. Oh, mm, yeah. You <laughs> already passed that but part I'm, of the show. I'm, yeah. like, mm, I'm like 75% sure you can't pair um, 
uh, Xbox and PlayStation controllers to the iPad natively. Oh, oh man, I'm so sad. Yeah, that that is very sad. Yeah, I'm so so what sad. What are you gonna do? Not yeah. use it. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> it's got on-screen touch controls, David. I don't want. Nobody wants that. Uh, I mean, I guess unless you're playing like a puzzle game, you could do it on the Witness. Well, it's exactly what I did. And it works yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that we need to move on. There are a million more news stories. Thank you guys for submitting them on yep. uh, reddit.com slash r slash sbfvgs, where you can submit all of your news stories that you want to hear discussed on the show. Um, yeah. Good times. Good times. Moving along, um, I do need to mention Patreon, folks. Okay. Patreon. Yeah, mm-hmm. Patreon. Yeah. In, in 2019, as we know... $1 now gets you early access to the episodes, typically one to three days ahead of the street date. $2 backing us uh, per month gets you access to our Patreon exclusive minisodes, which I must say, I am awfully proud of how silly and stupid some oh, of these they are, Patreon minisodes they are. are. De- they are a delight. I, they are a delight for us. Yeah. And we've been getting a lot of good feedback from you guys on those. I'm glad you're enjoying them. Thank you guys for backing us if you're already listening to those. And if you're not, Back is the two dollar level. Yeah, it's it's a pittance. It's not a, you can't even get a cup of coffee. You these can't days at, at a Starbucks, especially not in New York City. You know? But uh, I I do want to say I just want to say I know this is maybe tooting my own horn a little bit, but I think the best stuff we've ever made are the mini games. Something about <laughs> something about the 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 time limit that we have. And yeah, maybe. And I, I kind of love because we, we tend to not only talk about video games there like we, we've done mm-hmm. ghost episodes where we talk about like hauntings and, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, like ideas for getting rid of the ghosts or keeping the ghosts, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. um, we've done yeah. uh, dating advice, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done dating advice in Mass Effect, <laughs> which sure. was yeah. ridiculous and fun. Um, one of our best shows ever. And, uh, yeah. So if you want to hear them, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. We love it. And, uh, we think you'll enjoy it too. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you have the extra two bucks, that's fantastic. And I'm thinking maybe we need to do a mini. So that's, you know, free to all at some point. And then, you know, get, so Let everyone kind of gets well, a, a feel for what it is. Eventually you know? we should start yeah. releasing the mini. like, you know, like a year later or mm. something like that. Ooh, heavens. Yeah. The thought. It's a thought. Heavens to Betsy. Yeah. So, of course, $5 gets you access to the video archive and live streams of our recording sessions. You could be watching right now, hanging out in the chat, sending us messages, you know, good times. So <laughs> hop in there. Yeah. If you, if you care to back us, that is the best way to support the show. Help us hit that next Patreon goal, which would be the live monthly live streamed community game nights. So we play a game with you, the audience, having a good time, being friends, high-fiving and, you know, it's enjoying life. what we're doing so. the whole time. We're just high-fiving the, the whole time we're playing games. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of yeah. high-fiving. All right, this episode we welcome Mr. Jim Guthrie, musician and composer, known well in the indie game scene for his work on Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP, Woo. Indie Game the Movie, and most recently, Below. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good so times, cool. good times. We are honored. Yes. Um, We've talked about your work before on the show, for sure. I would say many times. Many times. <laughs> 
So just to kick it off, um, could you give us kind of a quick musical history leading up to you getting into media composing and, and games? Oh, man, how far back do I go? It's long and boring. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we want to hear. That's why you're here, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm self-taught, so, you know, I, I started just playing guitar and everything when I was a teenager, and um, I didn't really think that I could you know, uh, compose, you know, Mm -hmm. ever, you know, when I was that Mm -hmm. young, um, you know, when you're, yeah, I was just sort of angsty and I wanted to rock out. And so, you know, I, kind of did that and, you know, I, I started off doing more of like a singer songwriter thing, played in lots of bands in my hometown of, uh, Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Which is like an hour from Toronto, which, Oh, gotcha. Which is where I am now. Okay. But yeah, so I grew up in Guelph and, uh, yeah, played in lots of bands, played like in like hardcore and math rock bands and nice. sort of cool. did a lot of my own uh, sort of acoustic stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, like wrote lots of songs and uh, made albums and yeah, played in different bands and toured. Um, and then, but I was always broke, totally broke, yeah. you know, and uh, but I did it forever. Like I really just, I never really had a plan B, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, I, yeah, I finished like high school and I was going to go to college and then I didn't. And then I just started rocking and rolling and then, uh, <laughs> as well, you should, as yeah. well, you should. Yeah. Kids. I mean, um, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really know what else I was going to do. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just kind of went all in. And so it wasn't until like my late twenties, early thirties, like I'd been doing music for a while and had some success, but nothing really that. Paid the bills, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, I started doing music for for advertising. Oh, okay, and uh, that was kind of a weird one. I just had friends in the business or uh, friends who were like filmmakers who did ads on the side, mm-hmm. um, and I got asked to do this. I got asked to do a couple ads, but one of the first ones was this one that was kind of known as uh, "Hands in My Pocket." Okay. And okay. it's uh it's uh it's like a Capital One ad when they launched here in Canada. Nice. And you can Google it. It's called Hands in My Pocket. Um and it kind of went viral before viral was viral, I guess. Like back in <laughs> two thousand eight or two thousand ten or I don't know when it was, but it, it did really well and I had no idea. And I sort of just totally made it up. It was like a crazy um sort of anti-jingle almost like <laughs> nice. okay and um it was just a real shock that um i could do that and it did well and i got asked to do lots more i see a comment i see a comment on the youtube video the catchiest commercial of all time so there you go <laughs> yeah i mean uh, you know yeah i totally it was totally out of nowhere in a lot of ways and um i did all of that like in uh like, I got my first Mac when I was, like, 26, and it was, like, an eMac. Okay. Back before, yeah, it was, like, the really cheap Mac that you could get. And I so I did all my ad stuff back then in a GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And, nice. you know, and so, yeah, I mean, it was totally bare bones. But it worked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I made it work, and I started to make a living doing that. I was still trying to play in bands. Um, and then eventually uh, Craig Adams, who's the creator of... Uh, sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also knew my stuff actually 
long before that, I guess he knew my sort of solo music. Oh, cool. And he, got, and he got in touch with me. He sent me a postcard in the mail. Wow. Yeah, that's I love that. It's like uh, it's it's so um, in this day and age, the postcard is so underused, I think. I don't think I've gotten a postcard in like 25 years at this point. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he, it, it was a postcard with his it was like it had some of his art on it. It was like the his sort of early um his early work uh, doing like the pixel stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, it was really lo-fi looking. It was really really awesome. Anyways, he just said, "Hey, I love your stuff," and we just ended up sharing art and music. This is, I think, this is like in two thousand two or two thousand and three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this is long before the ad stuff, actually. So, um, but then we stayed in touch over the years, and then yeah, I started doing ad stuff and film and TV, and just started doing like work where I got paid. Mm-hmm. And that was a new sensation. Yeah, when you when you're making music, most times, like you said, you're you're just broke. <laughs> you're just yeah, broke I mean, forward. honestly, yeah, I went from being fifteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen, all the way up until my like thirties, almost, and I was making nothing. But I, I didn't really see it like that as much. But now, now when I look back, yeah, I was like broke, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I never really considered it like a sacrifice or like. Um, I didn't really complain too much, I don't think. I was actually having fun, and it was good. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a really good thing for me. Uh, yeah, I just made lots of music. and uh, So, yeah, and then eventually, um, just through knowing Craig, uh, when he you know, thought he was going to make this game, and, yeah, he just kind of pulled me in at some point, and, uh, I start, yeah, I started working in games all of a sudden, you know, So and I never thought wow. I would do that as well. So... Yeah, yeah, it, it I, it's kind of hard to totally put it all together, but it was really slow for me. Honestly, I'd been making music my entire life, kind of DIY yeah. styles, and yeah. then just through, you know, just because I did it every day of my life for many, many years, just things started to work out eventually, and mm-hmm. um, I met lots of cool people and started to work in all these different spaces. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so and I'm I sort of uh, have have been able to keep that up. That's great. Yeah, 20 years <laughs> or something. Awesome. So That's really cool. Yeah. Before uh, Sword and Sorcery, like, and we had kind of talked about this uh, in the emails before recording here, but uh, I had never really heard music in a game that was so specifically right up my alley personally. So I was, I was really curious, um, kind of what, who would you consider to be some of your musical in- uh, influences? Uh, you know, oh man, it's so vast and wide. It's... Um... I don't know, you know, I like a lot of the kind of stereotypical soundtrack synthy kind of stuff like John Carpenter and mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But you know, I'm kind of like an indie rock kid. Like I grew up listening to like Pavement and Dinosaur Jr. Mm-hmm. and Ween oh, and, yeah. and, and and like Sebado and I like, you know, lots of American indie rock from the early nineties. Yeah. And so I don't know, you know, like I'm not really a composer's composer. I don't really I don't I don't actually know a ton of composers to tell you, you know, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like there are two kind of very different types of composers. I mean, there are many different types of composers, but I, they fall into Just for two, me Adam. two two big categories. <laughs> like you got your classical guys, you know, yeah. uh, and then you got your cool indie guys, and that and I feel like. Uh, I guess I didn't realize that the second category even existed for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't either. Like, and I'll tell you, like when I did Sword and Sorcery, 
I was sort of like, I had no idea, and maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong, but but I but like at the time I I had no idea that not many people like hired uh, like people who made music like in the in the sort of indie way that they hired like that I was hired to do it on the game. I, like I thought yeah. Yeah, there was a million people sort of doing the same thing, and but it, it sort of turned out that like people like me making music for games like it was kind of relatively yeah. new in right. 2010 yeah. and when i did like the vinyl release that was kind of a new thing too but for me like you know i'm like an indie rock guy and you just want to have all your stuff on like vinyl if you can do it right you just want to put all, all your music <laughs> right, right. out because that's what like rock bands do or that's what you do yeah at... that's how you know you've made it when you have a vinyl <laughs> yeah and i and so yeah like i i always just wanted to have all my stuff on vinyl because that was just the best feeling in the world so when i did all that it was kind of like that's just where i came from but it it ended up being sort of kind of a new thing for a lot of people in the games world and it was mm -hmm. kind of novel or something so i think that kind of helped me as well i just think people mm -hmm. got excited um for those reasons i guess and um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not trained. I'm not like, I don't know anything about classical music or <laughs> doing anything classically in the, in the sort of classic sense or whatever. But, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm pretty scrappy, but, um, it seemed to work. <laughs> I like that. That's a good word. <laughs> you know, it, 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 uh, seemed to work for me and it always has worked for me. You know, I've been able to sort of find my groove in lots of different projects. So I've been really mm -hmm. lucky that way. Yeah. That's well, that's awesome. cool. Could you talk a little bit about uh, your affinity for making music using a PlayStation One and the MTV Music <laughs> Generator? Yes, sir. Oh, well, man. that's that actually was <laughs> probably my first stab at doing computer music because, like, I just I didn't I ne I I'd never had a computer growing up, uh -huh. and um, like my parents didn't, and I never made computer music or whatever. You know, I always mm -hmm. did stuff on like uh, tape cassettes. Mm -hmm. Those were like that's how I, I got all my ideas down in the sort of '90s and even into the 2000s. So I didn't get a computer forever, but I did have a PlayStation One long after they were a thing. Like I guess the, <laughs> yeah. maybe like the PS2 had been out for a few years. Yeah, and I got a PS1 for free from a friend, and then um, I think it's like PlayStation Magazine or something. They used to have like a demo disc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember yep. that. You know, and one of the demo games in it was this, you know, music maker, this like MTV music generator. And I got the magazine and you could maybe make like a minute of music or I don't know what it was, but I loved it. It was like, it was my first stab at like, you know, like sequenced music, like, a That's you know, <laughs> this like grid and you have like 24 tracks sort of mm -hmm. it's not yeah. really track it's re it's a really weird uh creative like piece of software um mm -hmm. you know it's really like uh limiting but it's really amazing if you can sort of really dig in and kind of like kind of like bend the rules a little bit like mm -hmm. you can really make it go you know yeah that's amazing so so anyways yeah like um i used that for a bit and then when the full game came out, I guess a few months later, I bought it and I just, I just dove right in. It was like really right up my alley. Cause it was just kind of weird and quirky and it was kind <laughs> of, it was all I had, you know, in a lot of ways yeah, to yeah. make sequenced music. I didn't have any, I didn't have a computer or anything. So, and I guess this is probably like 99 or 98 or mm -hmm. it was late nineties. Cause I hadn't moved to Toronto yet. I moved to Toronto in 2000 and this is, 
Yeah, this is late '90s. I don't know what. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So, yeah, so I'm a, I'm kind of an old guy, but like, yeah, I was. <laughs> Trust me, we all are. It's fine. We're you're in good company. Very very old. <laughs> yeah, like I I uh, I was a full grown man playing with the MTV Music Generator. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, do you still do you still use it for any projects? You know, I still do. Um, oh, I mean, I, ha- I haven't really plugged it in in a bit, but. Um, mm-hmm. I've been meaning to, uh, yeah, I've been meaning to get it back out. Like I have all of these like memory cards cause you know, you have to store your, <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to store your song progress yeah. or the songs you, that you make no hard drives. Yeah. There was no yeah, hard yeah. drives. Right. So you had to, yeah. so basically like a song, one song or a couple songs would fit on one card. Oh man. <laughs> and so I literally have like 40 or 50 memory cards. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> but I but I but I bought them all when nobody cared about, you know, like I you could just yeah, buy them for like probably. a buck or whatever somewhere yeah. cuz nobody gave a <laughs> about about that. that. So incredible. So yeah, so I, I I wonder if I can they're around here somewhere. But yeah, I I, I guess if, if this is a video podcast, I used to make it on this little ps1 with the screen oh that's so cool (laughs) oh nice um so this is what i would use when i would go on tour like i would this was my laptop basically because i didn't own a laptop in like (laughs) in like 2001 uh-huh you know i i actually forgot that they made that version of the ps1 it looks like it's got a little screen like a laptop and... yeah well actually it's it's just this part and then this this is a totally different thing you can buy that screws on yeah, yeah it's like mm-hmm. yeah like a, a peripheral oh, that's man, amazing that's wild so anyways yeah i would use this but if you want a, a sort of a hot tip a, a hot pro tip is... <laughs> yeah. okay. please yes, please I dish do. it out <laughs> See this because of the, I guess the way that this was manufactured or the construction of this, it's really really noisy. Like uh, oh. when you go to do the out, um, you know, like the audio capture, uh-huh. the left oh, and right, okay. it's super. You can hear the disc spinning, and it's really really noisy. So you get this buzzing. <laughs> so I would compose on here just because it was really handy. But then when I actually went to transfer it, I have like three or four other old PlayStations that have the RCA outs. The kind of like oh. bigger, older ones because they're it's a lot quieter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They just had like better. They're made made I guess better back in the first gen. Better plating or something on the. Yeah, the, I don't know what it is, the but they're just like really quiet, and you just get huh. get what you want, you know, and you don't get all this like whirring of the CD. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, so I would I would write on this, and then when I would go to export, yeah, I had to do it in real time. You know, I couldn't just like dump it i had to hit play oh my goodness record into my daw or whatever (laughs) that's awesome so anyways yeah i i i and i used to play this live i would um play like guitar along with it and oh that's so cool yeah i i didn't do it a ton um because i didn't really have a band at one point when i was sort of still making indie rock so i tried to transpose a lot of my songs over to the playstation and then that's Mm -hmm. how i I would play live (laughs) So they were like your backing oh, band, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was, it was, it sounds really cool, but I think it was really lame. Like I think everybody, <laughs> I think everybody just sort of like clapped because they felt sorry for me or something. They're just like, he's so lonely up there. I just, I just imagine like uh, you know, busting out some of those sounds that are probably built into this software become kind of one of your instruments in your mind, right? Like that later you're like, oh, I want that sound, that one sound from the PlayStation game. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally. You know, know, yeah, it has, so it has a bunch of like prefab canned beats and stuff and like, yeah, 
like scratches and like people people doing like shout outs yes. and toasting and like really lame samples. Oh, that's amazing. But then it also just has a a suite of just cool synth sounds, you know, just like, you know, like your basic bass sounds and synth yeah. pads and things like yeah. that. So if you if you kind of dig through all the kind of crappy sample stuff and get to just the sort of sounds themselves or whatever, yeah. and you use those to build your song, yeah, you can it can make some pretty cool stuff for sure. That's amazing. I love it. That's and great. then then just when you feel frisky, you add in the yeah, exactly, exactly. When I want to yeah. just let her rip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you first meet the Super Brothers and Capybara Games? And I guess you kind of touched on that a bit, like that, you know, you were just kind of randomly uh, solicited one day. But um, I guess that's kind of that that word is loaded. Um, you were you were reached out to. <laughs> it all started with a postcard. Yeah, yeah, it really I mean, it really did. I, I did touch on it before. I, you know, it, I was lucky because I was doing the indie rock thing for so long. And it turns out that. A bunch of the guys at Cappy actually listened to my solo records. Like they went oh, on their nice. first date. Like they 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 told me stories about like going on dates and stuff when my records were playing in the background. Or like wow, that's cool. That's great. Something like that. It was like really. It was really like I was like super, you know, like flattered that yeah they just knew my stuff before. Yeah, that's and cool. They, it was sort of like in their life. Like it was like the soundtrack to their life kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, and I was like super cool. blown away. So when yeah, when Craig got in touch with me, and then I think there's a story. It's on the internet. Like um, people, they've told this story before. Like I guess everybody was drunk at some event, <laughs> and Cappy was just like, "Craig, we want to make a game with you because you're amazing." And Craig was like, "If you know, you want me to make a game, I want Jim to do the music." And they're like, "We love Jim. Let's make a game." So that's awesome. Yeah, it was just this life-changing decisions. Yeah, just, just a Being bunch made. of drunk boys just <laughs> slobbering all, all over each other. You know, telling each other that we love each other, and yeah. and we just got yeah. really excited and yeah, started to make this game. So yeah, I I find that you know after after one drink. Or two drinks, I, I have kind of a general love for all of mankind. And the more I drink, the more I drink, the more focused it gets on one person. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll happen. You just got to be careful. You just got to be careful. That's all. Jim, I freaking love you, man. That's it, would get there. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun. It's, uh, you know, and, 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 and it, it, that's what I, it, it never really started. You know, I, I don't even think I really signed a contract with them for, you know, a long time. Like, we just sort of started making the game as friends, sort of thing, you know? And I, it's yeah. always, that's what's really great about Cappy is, um, they're all, bunch of really great people and it's not it doesn't feel like a business transaction mm. it's like we're all trying to make art you know and craig's an incredible yeah. guy to work with as well um that's cool that's cool yeah i was super lucky to meet those guys because they taught me so much about games you know i i didn't really yeah i didn't really know games could be art before i met them like i kind of mm -hmm. had yeah. a feeling that it that it could be and i kind of knew it in my heart but i mm -hmm. You know, I just was sort of introduced to indie gaming in a way that I didn't really know of before I met them. Yeah. And that yeah. was sort of, it was sort of early on. I mean, there's, there was other people obviously before them, but, um, you know, and games were sort of considered just not whatever serious or, 
Um, yeah, like especially people in other forms of media always love to like talk down about games like, uh, you know, it'll never be movies. It'll never be. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Broadway. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. It was still sort of for kids and back in the sort of like Nintendo days. And yeah, exactly. It wasn't really taken seriously. And, you know, like obviously now um, it's all over the place and people make a living doing it. And it's this yeah. great sort of medium that we can all enjoy so much money gets made in gaming now like oh yeah whether or it's not insanity. it's art which is a whole debate that's still going on i believe it is but whether or not like it's still like a legitimate like form of entertainment that everyone like most people accept ex- unless you're like my parents but you know <laughs> yeah we won't get into that so, yeah I, I wanted to get into the hard-hitting questions okay. here jim are the super brothers really even brothers Ooh. Are we are we blowing the lid off a scandal right now? I think I think <laughs> I think they're bros. Yeah, they're total bros. I mean, there's bro. Uh, I don't know. You know, I <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could just riff on that, but I don't know. I, don't, I kind of started. I tried and then I stopped. But um, yeah, I would just say yes. I'll just say yes. Yeah, yeah. whether right. or not yes. they're right. <laughs> actually related they're still brothers basically okay what you're, what all I'm right hearing. i get it I'm, I'm with you i'm tracking all right so um just thinking of kind of the process of of super brothers to take it way back you know um did you have concept art or story beats to work from like what was what was the process uh as far Ooh, as that's that a for good you? question uh you know actually i it actually sort of started with some old music that i had made um oh, okay and, you know, when Craig got into that mode um, and asked me to sort of be a part of it, he actually gravitated towards some of the PlayStation stuff that I had done a long time ago. Oh. That was one of the things that we had sort of exchanged when he first sent me the postcard. I sent oh, them, okay. I sent him a CD in the mail of all this wacky PlayStation music <laughs> that I had made in the late 90s or in, right. in early 2000. Like, um, so... So I sent them that stuff, and he really loved it. And you know, uh, maybe three or four of those tracks ended up being on the soundtrack. Wow! Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So, so it started. So, so it it kind of partially started there for for Craig, and then once we got into it, Craig would send art or screenshots or just like you know whatever he was working on, and I mm-hmm. would just sink into this deep depression, just being like. <laughs> <laughs> How am I ever gonna come up with something that sounds as good as that looks? You know, like oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I was just so blown away by the art style and the look of it yeah. and everything. And I, yeah, it was my first game, and I kind of would have panic attacks and just be like, I suck. And you know, but that that was a good motivator too. You know, I, I mean, I'm always like that when I do music. I sort of. I'm just like, what I get myself into, you know? And then yeah. <laughs> just that, that whole like, you know, like fear of the blank the imposter syndrome kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. So I, mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah, we just had a good, it was a good back and forth. Sometimes um, the art would inform or they would have something in the game that they knew that they wanted would have certain beats or certain, it would kind of have a certain pace. And then I would come up with music that would fit that. And sometimes it wouldn't work and it might end up being the music that's, in a you know in another scene or something mm-hmm. you know like it was a real like kind of liquid it just kind of, we just kind of flowed back and forth and just made things that worked and if they didn't we found another home for them or if they mm-hmm. you know whatever it was just yeah and and then sometimes uh my music would inspire certain aspects of the game and that's really cool 
Yeah, I mean, it was so yeah. long ago now, it's kind of hard to remember everything. And I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've told, you know, like different stories over the years, and I've made some things up that have become true now. And I just... <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. So that's awesome. Oh, Those yeah, are the I best mean, stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, to fast forward then to after the game releases, what what was kind of your reaction to the fan response uh, for for Sword and Sorcery? Having that be your first game and then have it kind of blow up the way it did. Yeah, I mean that was nothing I ever experienced. Like I'm I've been making music for a really long time, and I had played lots of rock and roll shows. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, touring and done and just the I never had the response that people had yeah for the game soundtrack you know I I put it up on Bandcamp and iTunes and all that stuff and people just bought a whole bunch of it really fast oh yeah I was one <laughs> of those so cool. I bought it for sure yeah I, I had never too. experienced that and it was so freaky I felt like I was like that scene in the movie where it's just like I don't know. You just like, you sort of like turn and you look at your phone and all these things are coming up from all these sales and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Like I had, I it seriously freaked me out. Like I was just, I'd never experienced the sort of love and the immediacy of like the internet, you know, just sort of being like, mm-hmm. bloop, here's the thing. And all these people click on it all at once and they all kind of celebrate it in a very short period of time. And you kind of experience that real time. And that, you know, this was like 2011 or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd never experienced that in the music scene, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it see, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, there was a real love uh, going on in in the sort of game space that I hadn't really experienced before. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I was really blown away. Yeah, it actually really changed my life. Like, I just, I just had never uh, had that before and, and been able to... Yeah, make a living like that, you know, and just, yeah, right. Right. here's the thing I did. And um, yeah, like when I think back, I mean, it's kind of old news to me now. It's kind of just something. But when I really get back into that space, it it was a really big deal for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. So, you know, before and since uh, Sword and Sorcery, you know, you've released quite a few albums. Um, for someone who may not be familiar with your other musical projects, I was curious, kind of, what would you say is a good place to start to ch- check Ooh. out this record or that one? Uh, you know, I, I, I guess like uh, now more than ever was a big one for me too. Like before, but I, yeah, that one I had made um, with a band, you know, and it has like strings and it's like these mm-hmm. bigger arrangements oh, wow. and it's sort of, um, yeah, and I, uh, I got like nominated uh, for a Juno. In Canada, which oh, is like a Grammy, cool. oh, wow. you know, a Canadian Grammy kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and and um, so that was like sort of, I might say start with that just because that's one that people seem to like back in the day. This was like 2004, I released, or late 2003, I released that album. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, and that's kind of just singer-songwriter, like, band stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they all, I've sort of made so much different music and it's kind of, uh, every record was really weird and different for me. Um, and I sort of feel like that was partially one of the reasons why I maybe, um, like why I maybe kind of struggled in the beginning. Cause I sort of didn't really have a sound, I guess, or like my sound oh, was, I was just sort of yeah. like one of those scrappy lo-fi kind of guys, um, mm-hmm. And I did that for a long time, and then when I did Now More Than Ever, it was a bit more polished with some string arrangements and stuff like that. So, um, 
Uh, yeah, I sort of feel like for some people that was the first record they heard from me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say maybe start there if you, you know, but if you want the instrumental stuff, I'd just say go right for Sword and Sorcery. The, so I I need to say my favorite song on the, the Sword and Sorcery soundtrack is um, Unknowable Geometry. Oh, yeah. Um, I just love yeah. that, like, that there's like a, a rhythm, like a pounding rhythm and like it's one of the most memorable parts of the game you know and i just i just had to nerd out about it for a second <laughs> yeah you know what and that that was a really cool one because that was one where like i hadn't i didn't have anything you know and they said okay we know we're gonna have a battle and we want to do it so like the song kind of pushes the battle forward yeah mm-hmm. in a way so it was like i that was one of the ones where like they you know, it had to start with them and they kind of dictated that like sort of like the terms and how they wanted mm-hmm. it to play out. And I just had to come up with something that fit Yeah. for them, you know, so that was a real. It felt like a collaboration. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That was a real it was, it was big really clap. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, of course, we, we to flash forward, we have now uh below is out and you know over the course of five years uh you worked with capybara games on below uh, could you just talk a little bit about how that extended writing and composing time frame impacted that final product yeah i mean it started off i i've talked about this before as well like i had you know when i started working on that way back it was you know i was kind of I had it in my head that it was going to be sort of more sort of like sword and sorcery, like, mm-hmm. you know, on, in, in a, in a musical sense. But as the more I worked on the game and the, the longer the game sort of dragged on, um, we, you know, we were trying lots of different things and the art style changed and lots of things changed over the years. And, um, it mm-hmm. seemed, it seemed like the, the sort of music that I needed to make needed to be more sort of like atmospheric and less mm. like, beat and like melody driven mm-hmm, you know gotcha. and sort of more a bit more ambient and a little more um sort of like fit the space you know and yeah. and uh yeah. and yeah we didn't really want to overly score anything either we didn't want to be like you know now you're fighting so here's the fighting music it was just always this <laughs> right. these sort of like cloudy moments these kind of dark dark and like kind of pretty clouds you know drones and tones of uh it's kind of spooky beautiful sad you know like melancholic yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like sort of atmospheric music that i it just that seemed to be what worked you know the more i made that the more it just sort of seemed to work and Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of what we went with in the end um but Yeah. yeah it kind of took a long time to get to that point you know just Lots of uh, trial and error, I guess. So that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, from the sound of it, experimentation really seems to be part of your pro- a big part of your process. And uh, so I was kind of curious if you have any uh, new, old, or strange things you've tried out uh, to get the the right sound or mood. Um, I would say the the, the one of the things I tried on on below that I really liked a lot was. Um, I used an old uh, tape, what do you call it, uh, four-track machine. Oh, okay. So I, I it, this is this is kind of an old technique that I saw a YouTube video on. That I think it was like a Vangelis tour oh. video. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who used to tour with Vangelis, um, 
he had a live setup where he had all these drones that he recorded on a four track. So like four separate tracks mm-hmm. would have a separate drone on each track. Um, and there'd mm-hmm. be like a different note, you know? So oh. he created these notes somehow, you know, maybe on a synthesizer or whatever I had, I, I used actually this, this, um, super ego pedal. Oh, <laughs> cool. nice. That makes like, it's like a granular, synth thing it kind of grabs it'll grab a signal and just sort of stretch it out you know oh kind of forever this episode's brought to you by electroharmonics yeah exactly (laughs) i mean yeah so i i mean they this was a great tool for me so i used this to make the the drones and then i would record the drones for like half an hour on a tape cassette on 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 each track of um of the four track Mm-hmm. And then you would play the four track back and run it through a bunch of pedals, and you would sort of fade up the faders, like mm-hmm. kind of bring up a fader for one note, you know, and then put it through a bunch of reverb, so it kind of creates these really lush, uh, nice smooth, you know, um, swells. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, awesome! And you just sort of ride it like that. You kind of bring up one note and then another, and you and you, you, you just kind like of play those. You're playing the faders. Yeah, exactly. Huh? That's all it is, and oh, it, you so just cool. you just get a thing that I mean, you can do it on a computer too, but it just kind of takes a little longer. Or I, I'm not sure how you do it, but it's not as tactile, probably. Yeah, it's just really organic, and you can. It's just a really great, uh, fun way to sort of experiment with, yeah, like ambient drone. So. That, that is cool. That was um that was a cool one for me because I hadn't really done that before, but I had all the things here to do it, and then when I saw that mm-hmm. video, I was just like, I'm I'm totally doing that. Like <laughs> that is happening right now. So <laughs> uh so yeah, oh, that that's that, cool. that was a really cool one for me personally. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. So you know, I, I just have one more question, then we can let you go. I'm just curious about, you know. You know, aside from super secret stuff, uh, do you have any, what's next for, for you? What's next for Jim? Oh, you know, I don't know. I honestly, I have so many, um, game projects lined up that are, you know, there, it's nothing, uh, too, too epic, but they're all really great indie games that I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to be a part of. And I, you know, as, as a self-employed guy, you kind of say yes to anything that, or, you know, you just want to, you want to be able to keep working. So you say yes um, to lots of projects and you sort of feel like they're going to, you know, hopefully, you know, one will end and another one will start and you kind of, right. hope that, yeah. that there's no, yeah. it, it just doesn't all kind of bottleneck. <laughs> right. So yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been, I, you know, um, but games don't always sort of happen on time. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am really busy working on a couple different things at once, but it's, it's, you know, it's really fun to wake up and, and be like, I feel more like playing the guitar, and I have a project that kind of feeds that, or I want to do more synth, and I have a project that feeds that. So it's yeah, really, yeah. it's really nice to be able to do that. But other than that, you know, um, I don't know. I don't really have, uh, I don't have a lot planned really. I just like to sit in a room very quietly and pet my cat for a while. <laughs> that's, you know, that sounds like a really good plan. Some, it's like, a solid plan. That's what I'll be doing that. directly after this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, yeah, I can do that almost anytime, but I would, I would like to have an extended period where I actually don't know what my next thing is, you know, because right now it's really, you know, I mean, I love what I do um, and I would rather have a bad day doing this than a great day working mm-hmm. at the bank or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'm really <laughs> yeah. I'm really lucky 
to do what I do, but I, I am looking forward to a time when I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing, doing it for a bit, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I, cause I find that and I, I, you know, maybe you guys feel the same way about when you are working on your stuff or whatever, like, you know, I, I can't listen to other music while I'm making my own music and I'm mm. making my own music all the time. So all I really listen to is my own music. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> So, I mean, I do try and, like, refuel every once in a while and just listen to something while I clean the studio or do mm-hmm. the dishes or whatever. Yeah. But I just find I don't have a lot of time to consume other people's music. Um, That's an interesting problem, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's not it's, it's not all bad, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just I just mean I'd, I'd love to have more downtime where I'm just I'm just not making music, where I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to mm-hmm. listen listen to yeah. other people a bit more. Um, so that, that, that would be great. I would actually love to be doing more nothing yeah <laughs> you know it's funny i can totally my dream relate. i'm not a musician uh i do visual effects for a living which is another kind of art form um like it's different i can look at other movies you know when i'm not working but, but right um it's a little so it's a little different in that way but i still 100 percent understand like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do anything else for a living but every now and then I just I'm so ready to not work for a little while, you know, like I'm freelance <laughs> so I can like take time off and like, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to like a six month period where I'm just like, this is my time, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I feel it coming, um, but I think, yeah, it's just I have to get through a couple projects and um, and yeah, I'm just going to sit and watch the world go by for a little bit i think or... <laughs> sounds That's a good plan. sounds wonderful that <laughs> yeah, sounds good everyone, everyone needs some vacation here and there you know yeah yeah, yeah. so that's awesome man all right well thank you very much jim it's been a pleasure having you yeah thank you, you for having me I appreciate yeah. it. thanks for yeah being here so End of the show plugs for all. And I guess, first off, what's the best way to keep up with you, Jim, online? You know, I think the only thing I really care about is Twitter, just because it's the easiest. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm at Jam Pants. <laughs> this is Twitter my handle. favorite Twitter Jam name. Pants. That's amazing. Yeah, Jam Pants. I, I, I tried to get, when I got Twitter back in 2008. Wow. That's going way back. Yeah, I tried to get uh, Jim Jam. Jim Jam. <laughs> and uh, it was taken, and I was kind of upset because, like, heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people, when I was a kid, my, I think my grandma, just like people in my family called me Jim Jam. All so, right. um, so I, I tried to get that, and I couldn't get it. And I tried a couple of variations on it, and nothing worked. And I was like, screw this. Nobody has jam pants, right? And so I, <laughs> I typed that in, you know, and sure enough, um, nobody had jam pants. So I took jam, jam pants. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, love it. All right. So yeah, definitely follow Jam Pants. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just Twitter and then you'll find everything else you need to find, I think. All cool. right. Awesome. And then of course, part of the reason we've been talking so much about Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery is in celebration of the vinyl release of Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery LP, Ballad of the Space Babies, Super Woo. Deluxe Edition which is available on im8bit.com. And you should go there and you should buy that record because it's glorious. That's right. It's, it's, I'll just say quick, it's the first time that the, that all the music has been on, on like vinyl for the first time. Cause I have been selling vinyl for it up until now, but, um, I, it, 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 it only had like, I think like 14 songs. 
mm-hmm. on the oh. vinyl because I only had like one slab. Because when I first made vinyl, I didn't want to. I couldn't afford to make a do- a big double record. I I didn't know it was yeah. even be a thing that people wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> I made I sort of made the best version I could of it that was like you know like a single slab of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's how I sold it forever. And then when you would buy it, you would get like the digital, and that had the whole album had all like twenty seven tracks. But now we're yeah we're doing a double. This is the double version that has all twenty seven tracks with a oh, bunch of remixes. Looking at it, <laughs> yeah, it's got a bunch of remixes from like C four eighteen, Lena Rain, um, Samuel Webster, Dose did a re- yeah lots of really great remixes. Um, yeah, and it's like glow in the dark it's a really fantastic package i'm super lucky and pumped to just have this be a thing in my life yeah <laughs> that's awesome man Gorgeous. all right yeah so that is i am 8-bit 8 being the numeral 8 uh, i am 8-bit.com so go pick one of those up um and support jim here yeah i'm buying one mm-hmm. i'm yeah thank you Congress. i'm gonna click the button in just a second Me too. Here, so <laughs> all right and so certainly if you like gaming and co-op and co-op gaming, you should check out our buddies at the Cooperatives. This is a nerdy couple who hosts chill streams three times a week from 7 p.m. Central to 9.30 p.m. right now. Friend of the show, Miss Maya, is playing Apex Legends, Rainbow Six Siege, and some more yeah. various things. Good times. Mixing I actually it up. appeared on one of their streams as a third wheel because, you know, yeah. they're, they're a couple and then I was by myself. So yeah. it was fun. They're, they're, they're really fun and they're both really good at games. So they carried yeah. Friend, me. Friends of the show and supporters yeah. of this show. So go check them out. That's a good time. Uh, also, of course, you can keep up with us at sbfvgs.com. That's where you can find links to our episodes or social media, Twitch channel, merchandise, and more. Um, if you like what we do, you like to see us doing more of it. The best ways to support the show are by supporting on patreon.com slash sbfvgs subscribing on twitch.tv slash sbfvgs or just leaving a delightful itunes review and telling a friend you know yeah that's all mm-hmm. i'm saying keep it simple. super helpful yeah yeah a very special thanks to eric kruger for our podcast logo and for his handsome handsome face mm-hmm. <laughs> and for of course being producer tier um you can follow us on twitter at sbfvgs podcast i'm on there barry white that's b-u-r-y-w-i-t-e mike is taco douglas david is david j tate and of course jim is jam pants so <laughs> feel free to send me a psn friend request i'm barry white on psn as well play some apex together play whatever whatever suits your fancy you know <laughs> i mean Whatever suits my fancy. Whatever suits really. Adam's fancy. Adam, <laughs> Ad, you can't make Adam play a game he doesn't want to play. Sorry. He, he won't do it. <laughs> David has tried for many years I've, to get I me have. into Destiny. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Episode 117. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back every two weeks with more glorious indie podcast episodes and talk on gaming. <laughs> Hit us up with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you guys. And then just give me like a beat before you like say, let's do this or whatever. Yeah, break it down. Not that, not that kind of beat. <laughs> Hang on. Look at Mike grooving to it. Okay, we're ready. All right. <laughs> it's a now, dumb show.
<laughs> was that a fat enough beat though, David? Oh, or do I need yeah. to go fatter? It's I really real wanted a speed. sick beat, not a fat beat. Ooh, what if I now? What if I start dropping that dirt nasty bass on you while we're at it? <laughs> can you can we can you drop a beat and give us a sick nasty bass line at the mm-hmm. same time? <laughs> Just straight dirt nasty bass and beat. It's like wow. <laughs> It's so good. It's very good. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Now we're ready to start. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 